don't try to scoop me unless you're ready to serve. I don't know. That didn't make sense. <laughs> I am dirty and easy to get into, just like Kristen Doty's flip flops. <laughs> you guys, that took me out. I'm coughing. Literally, the second you said dirty, I was like, this could go in one of many different directions because of who this guest is. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode I truly don't know. Leave me alone. And I am so excited to have one of my favorite people and guest co-hosts who I continue to give minutes notice. <laughs> truly i'm like the new york one weather alert of invitations where i'm like this is equal parts ask and demand and it's gonna happen every hour on the hour and here we are but you know what my guest is a dame and he understands that's how we work founder and president of the Real Housewives Institute, author of the New York Times bestseller, The Housewives, The Real Story Behind the Real Housewives, and someone who has seen both the leaked VPR finale trailer and perhaps the one that Bravo themselves put out shortly thereafter, Dame Brian Moylan. Dame Brian, how are we? I am so good. And I, I want to say that yeah. about your invitations, I also love that. <laughs> Because I live in London, I'm like five hours ahead, and you just text me and like, what is the middle of the night? And you're like, do you want to come on tomorrow? And then I wake up and I'm like, like Tuesday? When? Like, what are you? Is it my tomorrow? Your tomorrow? I live in the future. Tell me <laughs> what's happening. But here we are. I mean, I honestly like needed to talk to you because I actually have needed. I feel like we haven't really chatted a lot about. VPR stuff, right? I feel like we haven't. So I, this is, this is a, a demand that I feel in my soul, in my core to have you on to discuss. Absolutely. And I am glad to discuss it because I cannot for the life of me figure out what the fuck is going on or what <laughs> any of these people are doing. And, you know, we are 16 plus years into modern housewifery as mm. we know it. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I wrote a book about this damn thing. Like, I think I have a pretty firm handle on what is happening and what motivates these people and what's going on and how these shows are made, et cetera, et cetera. But this season of Vanderpump Rules has broken what little is left of my brain that Teresa Giudice has eroded away for the past <laughs> so many years. <laughs> I honestly, you know, I was back home in Roadie over the weekend and my brother and I watched a movie that I haven't seen in a minute, but honestly is so, so good. The Martian, which I know everybody has seen with Matt Damon, yes. but where he's like, you know, peeing potatoes into magic or, or yonder. <laughs> on Mars and I'm watching him like do things and every time he does something he's saying in a confessional like oh and I, every time I do this I think to myself I'm the very first person to have ever done this on Mars every single thing that I'm doing right now while he guys a uh, spoiler alert but actually literally not he's a astronaut stuck on Mars uh, is the first thing ever done <laughs> in history and I'm watching Vanderpump Rules and I'm like we are watching The Martian, Bravo style. Literally every single thing that's happening right now, I'm like, oh my God, you're peeing a potato into dinner. Like that's literally on a foreign plant. Like that's literally what's happening right now. It's all new. It's insane. And in my last, my recap for last week's episode, um, I likened it to the movie slash play Noises Off. Have you seen such a thing? Yeah, a Chris Reeve was in the original and then it had a famed, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so it's like, it was like 10 years of setup to like get here. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> this is the payoff where it's just like everyone slamming doors and cussing each other out and like the relationships are crazy and we don't know what's going to happen next. It's like, we invested so much time for this and like, it's finally paying off in spades. And um, I love it, but also I'm terrified of it. 
Yeah, I mean, it's noises off, it's Boeing, Boeing, it's literally any kind of, you know, fly by the seat of your pants, Bravo theatrical experience, where even the release of the finale trailer is slightly fucked. And I mean that as a compliment, like everything is chaotic, (laughs) (laughs) including how we even watch the trailer for the fucking finale. I feel like, um, you know, I always used to feel this way when like gay, like straight people would start to do gay shit or pay attention to gay stuff. And I'd be like, the straight people are watching, like behave yourselves, get this right. The straight people are watching. And I feel this way about Vanderpump. It's like broken into the mainstream, mainstream in a way where it's like the straight people are watching. It's not just like Bravo fiends like us. It's like everybody so like we got to get this right and and do us proud because this is our moment it's here yeah and also the responsibility of trying to translate this like I'm looking at other you know all of us were in a tizzy on Instagram today over these goddamn trailers and honestly everything else and I was looking at people's like comments (laughs) on posts and people are like so what do you mean when you made something something you mentioned something I've only started to watch VPR because of the scandal I don't know what you're talking about and it's a, a genuine a person saying like I'm new to this yeah and I just think of all of the shows to be new to VPR has to be the toughest because you can find it watchable 10 seasons in but it doesn't mean you're really able to appreciate what's going on because you don't have any context well and Kristen Doty shows up at the end of the trailer if you watch the for real one and you're Mm -hmm. like who's this bitch In her fucking flip-flops. She's giving full Witches of WeHo energy. She has that like little cackle, the little movement of her fingers. She's delighting in it. We know she's talking to, I assume she's talking to Ariana at that point. I think she said the only thing she filmed was with Ariana after Ariana asked her to come. Like, it's just, it's giving us magic. Like, these are the moments because the Scandival can get honestly a little dark when you think about it like we need these oh, lighter yeah. moments we need Dodie to come in and just be absolute chaos she's a nice bookend apologies but a nice bookend to James in some ways like two different kinds of chaotic Absolutely. personalities who give a great one-liner one of my favorite parts of this whole season was said Katie is talking about Tom's roommate and is like, this girl was Kristen Doty's crazy friend. And if you're Kristen Doty's crazy friend, Jesus help you. I mean, yeah. So my my question immediately was, is Stassi pissed about this? How does Stassi feel about this? That Kristen's back and she's still in outfit of the day you know, purgatory because of what the two of them did together. I don't think that Stasi is specifically upset at uh, about Kristen being back and not Stasi herself. I think that the door could be open to Stasi returning. I just don't know that she genuinely wants to do it. But my guess is if they offered her X amount of dollars, she would possibly come back like I don't know what the next iteration of VPR is going to be I I could not have less insight into what season 11 will bring us but I have to say I would assume if there's one person who's like what the fuck to me first name that comes to mind is Jax no it's Jax absolutely Jax it's his show he's the number one guy in the group he's the number one guy in the he's like Sandoval can't be a bigger asshole than me I mean honestly you know he's trying to figure out what he can do to Britney to get back onto this show he will know sacrifice what he's gonna do? Jax Not- is gonna fuck Brock that's what he's gonna do Jax is gonna fuck Brock and <laughs> that's he's, that's gonna be his way on the show Interesting. Interesting. Well, there yeah. we go. There's season 11 for you. Or no, I have a, I have an even better idea. Tell me. I think that Jax should fuck Brandy Glanville. <sighs> <laughs> Brian Moylan. I, first off, 
Can you imagine if those two joined together? The the K I think that would actually be the end of the world. I think that would be the end of the universe as we know it. <laughs> Not the Bravo universe, but like the other parts of the universe also known as the universe. That would be it. <laughs> there would be nothing left after that. We we couldn't get into it. We couldn't it would get be into like- it. Remember the cartoon Super Friends with like Superman and Batman and shit there? Like they had the Justice League of America and their uh, evil counterparts was the Legion of Doom. Like Jax and Brandy Glanville would be like the start of the Legion of Doom. Like that's where it all begins. I'm going to pretend to understand that. I'm more of a Sweet Valley High personality type. <laughs> so <laughs> the minute you say Your Super Hero, I'm like, it. where Jeff would get it. I absolutely do not get it, but Jeff would 100% get it. I do want to ask you something, though, because I've been thinking about this and this came up. This has come up in conversation with a couple people in the last week, and I actually genuinely don't entirely know how to respond, which is when it comes to the way that viewers are looking at Sandoval now, how different is that from your pre-Scandoval view of him? Because I'm struggling to remember how I felt about him before this Scandoval. Like, how did you feel about Sandoval before all of this came out? I felt the same. And I think it's funny. I feel a similar way about Tom Schwartz, where it's like, mm. uh, you're not great people, but harmless. You know, like, okay, like uh, and maybe that's because I think they're both hot and I will forgive a lot for a hot dude. But like, you know, was Tom Schwartz awful to Katie? Yes. Katie was awful to him. They're in a bad relationship. You know, awful, but kind of harmless. Did Tom Sandoval yell at women all the time? Like, yeah. Was he not great about things? Yeah. Did he cheat up on Kristen with Ariana? Yeah, but their relationship was done. It's kind of like awful, but harmless. Now I'm like, you people are fucking horrible. Like, this is an awful thing that you did. And now that we've seen him basically do to Ariana, what he did to Kristen with Ariana, it's like a pattern of behavior, which somehow makes it even worse. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I feel like the Kristen comparison, which both Ariana and Kristen have said is sort of neither here nor there, but it is a part of VPR history, regardless of what they actually specifically went through. It is a part of the yeah. plot and something that viewers will think about and reflect on and potentially have a new perspective on now. But that was like a, an emotional connection and maybe a kiss yes. as your relationship by all accounts, both Kristen and Tom were like, we should have it's gotten out apart. of this. It's it's totally Absolutely. falling apart. Versus... And Ariana and Kristen didn't like each other versus if Kristen and Ariana were best friends and Ariana had lived with Kristen and Tom and Ariana had been like an intimate part of their friend circle and friend dynamic and they had supported her with whatever breakup. Like then I think it would have been a a comp. I just think the thing with the scandal is there's like ultimately nothing comparable inside of the VPR universe. Girl, there's nothing comparable inside the universe. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Yeah, and but it does show, like, you know, I I had a friend in college who always to say, "Don't jump off the boat till you have a life preserver." You know, like, don't break up with your boyfriend until you have like somebody new, and like that seems to be the way Tom operates, and I don't think that's cool at all. And also, he's like. This is what I don't get. And this is why I mean, like, I don't understand what's happening. Because, like, Tom is on the show Mm -hmm. denying that he's doing anything with Raquel while, you know, now he's saying, oh, the whole time I was thinking about breaking up with Ariana, but he's talking to her about fertilizing her eggs. And, like, and what I can't understand is what was the plan? Like, he kisses Raquel once, okay, then they hook up, and it's like, you know, oh, I can't break up with Ariana because of the grandmother, I can't break up with Ariana because of the dog. You know, was he going to wait till the end of the season and then slowly distance himself from Ariana and then break up with her and then wait six months to date Raquel? Like, what were you planning on doing? Like, like where did you think this was headed? And, and... 
Yeah, it, like I don't get it. And I also don't think any of them have the mental capacity to play the 3D chess, which is living your life in real time and living your life as it's being broadcast on a show and correlating and collating those two things to make like a whole narrative. Am I making sense? You absolutely are. And I think the thing with Tom and Schwartz and Raquel is I think that they will all have different reasoning for their behavior, which I would argue in most instances will just be an excuse that may have an element of truth, an iota of truth. But just because you maybe felt a feeling doesn't mean that you were acting on that feeling as you say you were doing now. Like the way that Tom is presenting, here was my plan. I had a plan. It's so, it's based on such a foundation to me of absolute lies. And like, and even if it's not, which it absolutely is, they're, they leaned in so hard on not only having no empathy for what Ariana was going through with the death of her dog and her grandmother and everything else she was dealing with, I'm sure continued grief over her father's passing, like everything that she has been going with and the triggers that her grandmother's passing surely had in yeah. remembering her feeling after her father died. Regardless of all of that, there's like a wickedness in how we are now going to see Tom Sandoval, Tom Schwartz, and Raquel behave at different levels where I'm like, to me, it's not just about having an exit strategy. It's what you did while you were inside of it. Because the benefit of something already taking place is that you can decide to strategize reality to fit whatever you think will help support you the most now or rather whatever you think will maybe quiet some of the haters even a little bit they all have a vested interest in presenting to us a strategy of how they behave before the only two well and all of them currently on the show appear to be behaving in that way tom is now trying to insert into conversation with Ariana and into conversation with Schwartz the ways that Ariana makes him feel bad. And you can tell by Ariana's reaction, she has no idea what he's talking about. So in that sense, he had a strategy. I think it was just to kind of give himself an out, but I definitely don't think he had this on his Google Cal. So this is my other question, and it's like a show slash production question. Okay. Okay. So... Let's say Ariana never looked at the phone, never found out about Raquel. Scandaval never broke. Yeah. We're watching this season of Vanderpump Rules. And let's say that it's exactly as we've seen it so far. And that's how Bravo intended it. As they're starting this, uh, are you hooking up with Raquel? Open relationship whatever. And and we saw them talk about the open relationship in the first trailer. So we knew this was always going to be a part of the storyline of the season. Mm -hmm. Like, how did they think this was going to play out for fans? Did they think we were going to be like, oh, who knows what he's doing? Who knows if he's with Raquel or not? We're just going to fight about it, you know, and we're not going to like, how did they think that this storyline was going to go and resolve itself as they've edited edited it out this way well my uh, my sort of instinctive response is like they probably weren't hoping it would be fully resolved because it provides additional content so if they think that ultimately the person uh that they need to believe them the most meaning ariana doesn't believe that this is going on then to me i'm assuming there's nothing wrong with them in their minds tap dancing around this because it's yeah providing drama for the show which is a part of a person's mission statement and job responsibility especially when you're on Vanderpump rules come with a storyline come with content and come with something that has stakes I think the difference here obviously is that the vast majority of the cast didn't anticipate that this was actually real so even even if there's a whispers going on of like this something feels off I don't think that anyone in the cast aside from Schwartz at ever at whatever point 
really genuinely thought there was truth to this. And I definitely don't think that if they ever thought there was like maybe a makeout or something else, that this would be, in fact, a full fledged all in, you know, a fair fucking. Yeah. yeah, Like a fair like. Day in, day out, these people are delighting in the subterfuge. And that to me is a big part of whichever trailer you guys are interested in watching, either either the one that was leaked <laughs> that's on my Instagram until Bravo takes it down or the one that Bravo released, which I also shared on stories. Um, but there's an element here of a little bit of glee that I'm seeing in the new Raquel and Tom scenes, which. Yeah. Which I do not like at all. Yeah. It doesn't. It. I mean, there were rumors that Tom wanted stuff to be reshot because he knew it could reflect on him poorly. And it's like, babe, I don't know that a redo is going to get you any closer to being a different Tom, but you know, Go so there's it. a theory that um, some people in the comment sections of my recaps uh, have kind of brought up, and I just want to get your take on it. I'm kind of like 50-50 on it, but okay. their read was Vanderpump is, let's say, more produced than some <laughs> of our other Bravo shows. Yeah. And by produced, I mean fake. Um, And that, you know, we've definitely seen some stories like Raquel and Peter this season. Like, remember when Tom Schwartz showed up with like a briefcase full of wands to be Lisa Vanderpump? Like shit like that, (laughs) you know? Um, Is some of the cast reticent to address what is going on that they don't want to be caught up in believing a storyline that may or may not be real well I mean I think sure some of it could be I don't think this is real because you know I don't feel like the Schwartz Raquel stuff was real so why would Raquel and another Tom who we know is in a long-term relationship how would that be real when in real time I'm really close to my friend Tom and he's telling me this is bullshit of course I'm going to believe him And also we saw how it affected Katie because Katie said from the jump, essentially it was not only that Tom was flirting with Raquel, her co-star, so Katie wouldn't be able to set up any boundaries if this is a person she has to film with, but it seems pretty apparent that the reason that Katie was really upset was because like many of us, she saw no actual connection or interest or sexual, you know, attraction between those two people. And she thought, not only do you guys not even care about each other, but you're not willing, like if you were interested in each other, okay, maybe that would be something maybe, but you're not. So it's like, you're doubling down on this thing that, you know, upsets me just for storyline. You care about me that little that you're not even able to pretend you're interested. So, I mean, we have an example of that this season. I I don't know if that happened because it was encouraged by producers or if Tom Sandoval and possibly Raquel were putting on their producer hat and thinking this is a great way to distract. That I don't have an answer to. I will say that when I taught, and I didn't do any research into Vanderpump Rules at all when I was working on my book, but I did talk to people who work on it as well as other housewife shows. And they said that the problem is usually, you know, like fans are always like, oh, the producers, the producers, the producers. And they say that usually the problem is the housewives self-producing and like Elisa Vanderpump, Lisa Rinna, like we're going to make shit up because we think it's going to be exciting. And then production is stuck dealing with it. And they actually don't really like that. Um, so yeah, so I don't know if it's like, okay, are the producers, yeah, like, did the producer say Tom and Raquel should make out? Did Lisa Vanderpump say, you know, Peter and Raquel should go on a date because it'll be a good storyline? Or did Raquel just be like, I need to stay on the show now without James, so I'm gonna fuck everybody. And that's the other thing is like, this whole season through, not just with the romance stuff, I cannot for the life of me figure out what 
Raquel is doing or who she is because she doesn't seem at all like the person who we've seen for the past however many seasons. You know, of course, we're seeing her now a lot more than we did in the past, Mm -hmm. but showing up at Lala's birthday after that thing with Oliver to be like, I'm not a mistress, that's crazy. Like, like there's no way a person would just do that, especially a person like Raquel, you know, going, I'm leaving Lake Havasu to go hang out with the boys. Like, that's not something Raquel would have done. And like, I don't know if she is having like, we're watching her mental breakdown, if she's being if she's thought up all this herself and is just bad at it, if some producer's encouraging her to do all this weird shit, like, I cannot, like, Tom, I get it. Tom, like, fell in love with Raquel and is, like, fucking over his girlfriend to be with Raquel. Like, that I understand. Like, and Raquel might have fallen in love with Tom. And so, okay, I get that. But all the other shit, I, I do not get at all. And I can't figure out where it's coming from or how I should kind of think about it. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. Astapro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24 hour over the counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24 hour steroid free allergy spray. It delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose and sneezing. Living in New York City is not easy. Just ask Sonia, trying to sell that house. There are so many mornings where I wake up and think, oh my gosh, I'm having the worst cold of my life. And I realize it's actually from allergies. When my nasal allergies flare up, and that happens when the season changes and the temps get a little warmer than they normally are, I use Astapro, and I'm amazed at how fast I'm back in the game. And that game is looking for Dorinda on the Upper East Side. Astapro always has my back and nose. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. In the words of Meredith Marks, when it comes to that week, week and a half before my period, I wish I was disengaging. My PMS is off the charts. Truly Uber Eats needs to check in and say, it's about that time, isn't it? I know it is. The cravings are crazy. I want to crawl out of my skin. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony and Estro Control, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For AGs who are friends of perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, Happy Mammoth has Hormone Harmony. It's not just a supplement for women going through those stages. It's also become a phenomenon. Women can't stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ANDYSGIRLS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code ANDYSGIRLS for 15% off today. I'm engaging. I just came back from the salon and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. 
and it smells unbelievable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. So I don't think that Tom fell in love with Raquel. I think that Raquel fell in love with Tom's obsession with her and Tom continued to fall in love with Tom. And Raquel seemed to support the kind of Tom that Tom sees of himself the most. Like evident hashtag evidently he's Madonna. Yeah, I don't I like I get that, but like even if he's falling in love with himself, it's like a clear motivation that I and it's like consistent with the person who we've been seeing for a decade. Yes, yes. Like what's going on with Raquel seems like night and day from this woman that we knew for so many years who would never act like this. We've never seen her do anything close to this. And so I don't get where any of this season of Raquel is coming from. Well, the reality is, I don't know that we ever knew Raquel. So we didn't have the benefit, as you said, of knowing her for terribly long. And when we saw her, we really genuinely saw her. She came onto the show as James's girlfriend. And that was sort of the role that she played. It was less, I'm an independent person who is dating this man than I... I am James's girlfriend. And maybe some of that is feeling the pressure of how it is I'm supposed to interact with these people. And some of that is just who Raquel sees herself as, as someone who is an extension of the person that she's with, which is why I think those confessionals are really tough where she's like, I, she's crying. I, I do feel that she thinks that she's attempting to be honest with herself, but she's talking about how she's finding value on her own terms and not as other people are evaluating her, essentially, let alone valuing her. And that's, as we know, filmed seemingly at the height of her affair with Tom. But I think perhaps the reason we don't know who Raquel is and we it's because Raquel doesn't know who Raquel is. Raquel doesn't know who Raquel is. And Lala, honestly, on one of the most recent episodes of her podcast was like, you know, I, I do think that Raquel is struggling. She j- And Lala has not done Raquel any favors in how she no, has talked to her, talked down to her. One. Not from day one. But she did, I think, give her, it's not even grace. It's just an acknowledgement that like, there's some stuff that's going on here that feels real and true that Raquel surely is in some sort of struggle, which is, of course, for the record, we've been talking about the scan of all nine for 9000 hours since it happened. It's not an excuse, but there is the ability to acknowledge many different truths at once. It's the hardest thing to do when you are part of a standum or a community where it feels like the only opinion, your only good opinion is whatever you said last and everything else before that is null and void or it doesn't exist. Like the only take that matters is the one that you just had. And I think with Raquel, that's complicated because I think she is like, I, I don't mean this as any, in any way derogatory. I think she's like dealing with some stuff. I think that she is struggling. She might be, she genuinely might be struggling, which is not an excuse, not only for 
her behavior, but also the thing that annoys me the most, the pleasure she seemed to take in it. The amount of yeah. inside jokes that she participated in and then promoted, including until like essentially earlier today on her social media, when she still had a fucking highlight up of a Instagram story of Tom dressed as her for Halloween. Like that's deep into them sleeping with each other. You're the parade, the, the yeah. affair parade is the thing that I will never get over. But I can also acknowledge that like, this is someone who, again, no excuse, yada, yada, truly does, does seem to genuinely be struggling to figure out who she is, who she wants to be. It's just unfortunate that there are a lot of people, a lot of women that she has seemingly sacrificed to get where she is now. Well, my husband was joking that Raquel is like um, the bride in Kill Bill where she has like a list and it's of all the girls on Vanderpump oh who did her wrong. And it's like Katie Maloney, cross Check. off. Lala, cross Check. off. Except the only one that was nice to her was fucking Ariana. And she's the one she fucked over the most. But, and I think that two things. One is when at Sheena's wedding, when Raquel goes up to Lala to talk to her to start some bullshit which again seems like very, very unraquel behavior yeah it feels yeah produced. very produced and lala fucking reads her to filth and is right about all of it she's like you don't know who you are you don't know who you are without a man you're fucking trifling like don't even mess with me and like she was spot on and that was before she knew any of this bullshit the other thing and i think this is the worst part of scandal is that Lala and Katie Maloney Schwartz were right. And they treated her like such fucking shit this whole season. They were so mean to her. Lala was so awful to her. They called her every which name they could. And they were right. And that galls me because they were so awful to her. And, and, Katie especially has been so awful to every new woman who has come on that show and now <laughs> she will feel forever justified. Katie Maloney, who is so fucking boring, she would not have had this job <laughs> if Tom Sandoval had divorced her three years Schwartz, ago. Schwartz, Is now on this show being like, I was right. Fuck her. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, listen, by your logic, by your logic, a broken clock is right twice a day. So it's like it, it yeah. is possible. But being right about someone potentially having no interest in, um, I don't know, a sisterhood of whatever the fuck is to me different <laughs> than like, yeah, I was potentially right about the things that she would do if given the opportunity but I didn't know that when I said all of these other things to and about her so it's like yeah. you were mad at her because of Schwartz turns out the Schwartz stuff like wasn't on the up and up now part of your upset obviously is because you believed that it wasn't on the up and up and you were like you're willing yes. to do bottom barrel stuff without even feeling it like but yeah. I don't think it I, I think even Lala would, I don't know that Katie would, but I think that Lala would be able to communicate that like, and has communicated that had the scandal not happened, Raquel would have won because the way that Lala treated her and talked about her was awful. I, I thought it was not, awful. it was not great guys. Like breaking no. news, it was not great. It was tough to and watch. And that's what's been, and that's what's been so crazy about the season is we knew about the scandal. And so it's like, I have been team Raquel this whole season, even knowing what she did. But but also, I can't be team Raquel knowing what she did. And it's like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I can't get my brain around how this thing works or what these people are doing or whatever. And that is what I find fascinating because I feel like, you know, like I said, this deep into it, we we get it. Like, we know it. It's like we see the game you're playing. And, like, to finally be confronted with something I can't figure out, I'm like, yes, bitch. Bring it. Also, yeah. you're all horrible. But, okay. So, <laughs> I, 
I mean, I know this is your podcast, but I'm driving this conversation. No, I love where this. I, I am. You drive this train like Kelly Dodd. Let's do it. <laughs> right to the right to the quiet woman. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Kelly Ben Simone. I was like, I'm Ooh. running this podcast through traffic. <laughs> How dare you? On a plastic horse in a multi-million dollar apartment. Let's do it. Yeah. But you, so you mentioned the future of Vanderpump Rules, and this is something I've been thinking about a lot. Like, you know, ratings are better than ever. I mean, it's busted out into the stratosphere. Um, how how does it go forward? Like, wh- how what do you do to the cast next year? How do you get these people together? It's already unrealistic to have, you know, like... Um, Allie, poor Allie, who wants on the show so bad she'll date James Kennedy, um, <laughs> even though she fucking hates him, um, said, like, in a normal friend group, you don't see your exes. And in this friend group, you look around and it's nobody but exes. Right. And, you know, th- there is a fakeness to that, you know, mm-hmm. like a construction, which I'm willing to look past because television. But once it goes this far, like, you can't put Tom and Raquel in a room with these people next year. Like you can't send them on trips together. So it's like, is there a Tom and Raquel show and an everybody else show? Like, what do you do? How do you do this? I mean, Charlie, I would think was at one point Raquel's only strong ally aside from Sheena and Ariana. And she's burned those bridges straight down I mean when you were talking about how Ariana is like the only person yada yada Sheena's very high on that list it's Uh, like you're absolutely correct burned both of those women to the fucking ground the people that she would have needed most especially honestly Sheena who she lost the second the news came out she lost her Forever. Before Nikki came out, fucking Sheena punched that bitch in the face. She didn't she get should've... punched. She didn't get punched <laughs> because we know this. Because we know it. She got. Hey, I'm sure listen. she got pushed. I'm sure she got pushed. She did not get clocked in the face. She got pushed, and I think maybe something happened to her phone. But um, listen. I choose to believe that Lord is secretly seventy years old. <laughs> I choose to believe that Leah Michelle cannot read. I also choose to believe that Sheena Shea punched Raquel in the fucking it did face. Not no matter how much any of those things are true, Raquel's PR team to wanted to make and her lawyer wanted to make that a thing. It was not going to be. I think if there's one regret, one regret that Raquel probably has about the aftermath. I, I, my guess is my hope would be that she would understand that the way that that was handled, the timing of it, the week going by before you go to urgent care, the photo and then the photo reveal, the, the fake, uh, legal documents handed to Andy at the reunion that are just pieces of paper that have no standing on anything, all of it being used as a prop for something that is so serious. It is yet another example of some really complicated dynamics playing out as plot, even off camera, that make me incredibly uncomfortable. But I will say, yeah, tell me. for Sheena, I, girl, I have never loved Sheena Shea more. Mm-hmm. I couldn't stand her. And she's, girl, she is the only one coming out of squeaky clean of this whole mess. She got a man who likes her. She's yeah. raising her kid. She was on the right side of history. She didn't lie to anybody. She didn't cheat on anybody. She didn't treat anyone like shit. Like, Sheena Shea, of all people, is our new heroine. Like, what show are we even watching? <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, it's a different kind of heroine than the kind that Schwartz was talking about on Watch What Happens. And I prefer yes. this one. I prefer Sheena Shea heroine. Yeah, I think that she, I think that, you know, she has always been treated as uh, sort of a joke by the show, if not the cast. And there and is something fans, to be said. Myself yeah, and included. Fans, myself included as well. And there is a way that she has carried herself um that I find uh, really helpful to see just on this cast where inconsistency usually carries the day. Um, but when it comes to all of this, like how do they move forward? I don't know yeah. 
who would film with Raquel, like the only ally she had up until mid-season, aside again from Charlie and Sheena, which are a big asides. Uh, yeah, what did I just say? Aside from Ariana and Sheena, um, was Charlie, who was then like, wait, you're behaving with Schwartz in a way that makes me uncomfortable. I just need to say that out loud. So imagine how Charlie feels now. Like, yes. I don't I don't know how that would work. And I also would think if Schwartz, who seems consumed by the effectiveness on his business I don't know if he can really connect those dots next season for like if I just continue to excuse this guy's behavior and get caught up in it I'm gonna continue to be dragged like I don't I don't know I don't know what you do there when the formula doesn't really make sense with some of these personal dynamics and that doesn't mean it doesn't make sense for the show it just means for some of these people, they might be looking around and thinking, what's the risk here feels stronger than the reward if I continue to engage in behavior that I got away with for a decade. Yeah. But also, like, should it end here? Like, what? can can we keep this thing going? But think yes. about it. It's like, uh, Katie doesn't want to film with Schwartz. Like, uh, no one wants to film with Schwartz or Tom or Raquel. So what are you left with? Just like Katie and that fucking stupid satchel. Like lot. Like I don't see what show is left with like everybody else. Katie would film with Schwartz. Katie would film yelling at Schwartz. Like Katie, I don't think Katie has said. I haven't. I, you could be entirely correct. I haven't seen Katie saying like. I won't film with Schwartz. I've seen Katie saying like, I won't talk to him and I won't be friends with him. And I'm not going to pretend that he and I are like having a good, stable relationship as people working through a divorce. I think she's like, I fucking hate him. But how is that right. different from any but, other dynamic on VPR? I mean, fair enough. But then it's like, then you, what are you going to do? Like have pool parties where everybody fucking hates each other? Like that does not seem like a fun show to watch. Well, I mean, you know, welcome to the age of Vanderpump rules. I think that this is like they're trying to figure out how to get. I don't I don't know how this is going to work. I, I am sure production doesn't know. And my guess is that a lot of this is going to be dependent on what happens at the tail end of a reunion. I think we're going to be able to tell how season 11 is going to go by whether or not anyone can look Tom in the face. And I mean that. Yeah. in discussing Sandoval. If you can look him in the face as you drag him, maybe there's a shot. If you can't look him in the face, which would be how I would react, where I'm so repulsed and repelled by this man that I can't even bring my head and neck up to like engage with him, I would be right. I would be like I don't want to be anywhere near you. The stench is overwhelming. That I think would be tough. Yeah, like Ariana's not going to go to anything where they're at and I feel like she's the one right now that everyone's interested in, you know, like she's the one going on dancing with the stars. She's the white house correspondence center. Like, you know, she's, she's winning and yeah. And, and, but, but also, I mean, I love that Ariana's winning, but Ariana winning also isn't exciting television. Well, Ariana winning is exciting television when she's still on the same show as Tom where Tom, who's like Mr. Megalomaniac, has to hear that she's on Dancing with the Stars and that she's going to the correspondence dinner and all that shit. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm excited to see, but I am skeptical. But as a wise woman once told me, <laughs> I don't believe in God, but I have faith in Bravo. I think it was I have faith. Did I say I have faith in Bravo or I have faith in the Real no, Housewives? No, you said I have faith in the Real Housewives, but these are Real Thank Housewives, you. so I I paraphrase. <laughs> I like that I remember the quote, which was in your literal book. What is wrong with that situation? Hashtag writer girl. I use that shit all the time. So thank <laughs> you. I credit you every time, but like, uh, that's how I feel. Like, you know, yeah, I have faith that they'll figure it out, but yeah. How... Okay, how do we feel about Ken Todd being the one to deliver the lines about Tom and Raquel spending the night in the preview of the upcoming episode that we've already seen on the internet? 
I feel really good about that game of telephone that started with maybe a producer to Lisa to her husband, Ken Todd. <laughs> I mean, Ken Todd still kicking around. Still, Still goodbye, around. Kyling. Hip, hips for days, that man. He's got a golden hip, and he is ready to use it. I mean. Girl, she's on her fourth hip at this point. <laughs> it's a cat with nine lives, only it's hips. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media, and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Row, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to Roe.co slash Girls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash Girls. Sign up today. Listen. <laughs> Before I let you go, I do just need to shift for a little bit because we're talking okay. about questions about the future and everything else. New Jersey, where do we see yeah. this ending and how have you have your instincts slash alliances, preferences, feelings shifted at all over the course of this season? Um, they have not. I have always been very anti Teresa Giudice for a long time and I continue to be and she has proven me right time and time again and I know that there are people that disagree with me and you are welcome to be wrong but <laughs> <laughs> um but no I I mean and I appreciate you know I don't think Melissa is golden either but I like get her and Joe's point of view way more especially because at least this past season on the show, I'm not saying off the show, but on the show, we've seen Joe and Melissa behave a lot better than uh, Teresa and Louie. And so I also feel like you can't have a show with both Teresa and Melissa on it anymore. And I'm sick of this fucking feud. Mm. And it seems like they are. And I think it needs to end. So I would like to say fire Teresa because I hate her. But and I don't want her to win, but I want to see Louie take all of her money and destroy her life. Oh my god, Brian, that's terrible. For Brian. So I'm like, should we keep her around <laughs> until she figures out that he is a con man or not? Ryan. But I, I know I'm an awful person, but I think that the real solution, honestly, is. We need to get rid of both of them. And I think <gasps> that their time is done. And it's we need a new family. We need a new family. I thought it might be the Aiden, but maybe not. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't I'm just we the problem is with Teresa being like the big fish in that pond is any it throws off the dynamic no matter who you bring in. Mm -hmm. Like you can bring in and, and we saw it this season. I think Danielle and Rachel are both great additions and could be great housewives, but they have been sucked up into this never ending dynamic in a way that is not fair to either of them. And that we're not really getting to see them or who they are. Cause we're just seeing them as another more parts in a proxy war between team Melissa and team Teresa. And you know, you have Rachel now on team Melissa and Danielle on team Teresa and 
you know, I'm sick of the trench warfare, but yeah, so I don't know how to fix this one either. Um, I just don't want Teresa to win. I just don't want Teresa to win. I don't know that I have heard anyone suggest both sides leave before. I am shaken by that. Yeah. I don't know that I've heard that before. I mean, other than now that Teresa's married, like, mm-hmm. what is her, like, what is her story? Like, other than her, if her marriage falls apart, like, she she's not really interested in any of these women or being friends with them or what they have to say. She, you know, has a husband. The kids are getting older. The legal shit is done. Like, what is Teresa doing that is interesting to me? Nothing. I mean, the thing that I think Teresa would find most troubling, and maybe this will in fact happen, is if Joe and Melissa leave and or are asked to leave, there's so much more time and space that opens up that needs to be filled with someone's high stakes drama. And as we have seen by how Teresa reacted to, are you having, you know, financial issues with Juicy Joe? Are you going to go to camp? Is Juicy go- Joe going to be deported? What's going on with Louie? What's going on with Louie part two? What's going on with Louie and your dad's PJ's part three slash part four? It, she does not respond well to questions. And oftentimes nope. those questions are baked into you know, some Sunday being on a reality show. Right. It's it's she does not she cannot process that kind of conflict when it actually hurts her in that way. Like she cannot accept that things are happening that she will absolutely refuse to believe are true until sometimes years after the fact. So I think that would be very tough for her. And I think it would also, in some ways, maybe actually not because Jen Aiden has so many other enemies, but it might be a little bit tough for Jen Aiden as well because she does seem to delight in fucking with Melissa, but then she has so many other people who she's pissed off that that probably won't Oh, be yeah, she can just fuck with Marge, and I'm, like, here right. for the and Jen Dolo. versus Marge, like, all day. But then Jen versus Marge is really just Teresa versus Melissa in, like, a different outfit. Mm-hmm. So... You know, yeah. Well, I think you're going to have to come back because I do need to pick your sassy little brain about NJ. And I know there's a lot left to the season, a lot left for us to all discuss. So I highly recommend that AGs read your recaps as we know as loyal supporters and members of the Real Housewives Institute. Can you tell the AGs where they can sign up for that beloved Institute newsletter and read your recaps and follow you on social and so much more? I'm on all social media platforms at Brian J. Moylan, except for like weird new ones like Blue Sky. I'm not on that shit. <laughs> I don't uh, know what that is. I don't know what that is. It's I'm like sorry. the new Twitter. Fuck those No, assholes. I can't. Um, <laughs> Um, uh, you can find my recaps on vulture.com. They usually go up right after the episode aired. So go and check it out. And then I have a once a month newsletter, the Real Housewives Institute, the Housewives Institute Bulletin comes out the second Friday of the month. So there's one coming out in a week or so. You can sign up for that at vulture.com slash housewives. Um, yeah, we have some fun things in the next one. I asked an AI to write an explanation of Scandaval, and you can see how well it did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I literally cannot wait to read it. Um, Also shout out to the um, Writers Guild of America strike. That is um, (laughs) currently ongoing today. This hopefully will not actually be our future. It'll hopefully just be a fun (laughs) little pastime. Um, Speaking of fun pastimes, guess what's coming up, you guys, on Thursday, May 18th. It's Andy's Girls Live, a Scandaval Spritz. Join Dylan Hafer and yours truly here in New York City at the Green Room 42 plus live stream tickets avail Thursday, May 18th at 7 p.m. Eastern. We're going to shoot the shit. We're going to deep dive the VPR finale. The live event is occurring the day after the finale airs. 
we'll see which episode we get. One that's maybe leaked earlier in the day or the one that Bravo puts out. And um, <laughs> we're definitely going to get into New Jersey and a whole lot, um, a whole lot else. It's only the a whole lot else, a whole lot of other stuff as well. Tickets are 20 bucks available now at thegreenroom42.venuetix.com. That link is also in the show notes for this episode. Speaking of show notes, new episode up on the AG Patreon. Got a couple Satchel Spectaculars up. I have a deep dive, a Shiv and Tom's marital journey and how I have been examining it through the lens of Real Housewives, a one-hour succession Real Housewives medley of magic up on the Patreon and another one up with Face Reality 16, where we talk about all of the breaking news from VPR, including those trailers and so much more. It's the number one way to support the pod, so... Listen to those episodes. Hope you like them at patreon.com slash Andy's Girls. Follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. Dame Brian Moylan, a delight to have you back. So Galley, I'm going to have to pay for that Patreon so I can watch, listen to that fucking succession bullshit. That sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so you're welcome to my money, bitch. Also, literally, I recorded for an hour, and in the last 15 minutes, every, like, five minutes, I'm like, wait, how long have I been talking about? Because as soon as I stopped recording, at an hour, I was like, oh, my God, there was so much I didn't get to. So I I cannot help but to have the same kind of journey discussing my all-time favorite show on planet Earth, Succession, than through the way that we have these uh, AG Kikis. How can I not? Amen, sis. But thank you for having me, as always. It's a pleasure. Thanks for for zooming in to the cloth. And guys, hope you're all doing okay. And we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>